Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this edition, we're going to be looking ahead to Arsenal's trip to Goodison Park, the early kickoff on Saturday as the Premier League returns after an FA Cup weekend. We'll be uh, previewing the fixture, we'll be talking uh, team news, we'll be sharing uh, with you guys my uh, preferred lineup. we'll be talking about whether Thomas Partey is going to make it or not, fingers crossed he does of course, and we'll be taking some of your thoughts and questions from the live chat as well. Lots and lots to get into, a jam-packed show. If I could quickly uh, ask you to leave a like on the video, if you haven't done so already, that really uh, really does help. And uh, if you wouldn't mind subscribing to the channel, I'd be incredibly grateful. Uh, I'm going to say some hellos in just a moment, but I want to say uh, a special thank you to Vlad, who says, Hey, Harry, hope all is well. Loved the first video on your other channel yesterday. Uh, looking forward to more there. So for those of you that have been living under a rock uh, recently, I have started a personal YouTube channel, which will be covering some of the wider stories in football. The link is in the description below. If you'd go over and give it a subscribe, I'd be so, so grateful. Uh, we dropped a video yesterday looking at the winners and losers of the January transfer window. And I've got one going out a little bit later on tonight as well about the Chelsea situation. What's the truth about Chelsea spending? Is it the right decision? Is it the wrong decision? Is it a big gamble? Or is this smart, strategic uh, stuff from Todd Bowley? I get into all of that on that video. So please do check it out if you're enjoying this content and you're looking for something a little bit more uh, general in terms of the topics that we cover. Thank you, Vlad. Uh, big hello to uh, BC uh, Biker Bros in Canada, who says going to school here in Canada, going to watch on replay. Make sure you do, my friend, and make sure you leave a like on the video and subscribe when you come back around to it. If you're listening to us on audio as well, please uh, do leave us a review as well. Big hello to Steve, to Bad Boy, to Leeds Gunner, Delisu, uh, Sko, Des, DJD. Uh, we've got Junior Gunner. We've got Haris from Cyprus in the chat as well. We've got David Rodwell. Uh, Paul is with us. Uh, Gustavo is with us. Lucas too. Uh, who joins us from Slovakia, and a big hello to Taib Hussein as well. Okay, let's get into it then. Arsenal travel to Everton Saturday, early kickoff. I'm always sceptical about these early kickoffs. I absolutely hate them, if I'm being honest. Um, I think it's a, a rubbish time, I think, in terms of, you know, for fans, it's difficult to get up to somewhere like Goodison Park by midday. You've got to set off at a stupid time in the morning to get there or the night before. I guess it's easier for people to get home. But from what I understand, uh, there are rail strikes again 
which means that regardless of what time you set off, you're going to have difficulty if that's your method of travel. Um, I know a lot of people will be driving up there, which is not easy. It's not a, a, a close by uh, place to get to. It is a long old drive up to Goodison Park, but the Arsenal fans, I'm sure, will be travelling in their numbers. I'm not going up there on Saturday, um, which means that I can bring you a reaction podcast a lot closer to the full-time whistle than I would if I was on the road. So that's one positive to take from it, I guess. But also, uh, we'll be able to bring you the uh, player ratings for our Another Slice members, uh, of course, uh, straight after the game as well. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for some Chronicles of Aguna content, which will be coming your way. So early kickoff, which always... Um, Makes me a little bit nervous, I have to say that. But also, we're coming up against a side who may well benefit from that thing we call the new manager bounce. Sean Dyche has taken over as Everton boss, and although they were unable to bring him in any players uh, between his appointment and the window slamming shut on Tuesday, Sean Dyche, I get the feeling, will get more out of these players than what Frank Lampard was able to do. So, this is definitely a much more difficult game today than it was three, four weeks ago. That, for me, is clear as day. You know that they'll be organised. You know that they'll be committed. You know that they'll be up for it. And you know that if they start the game well and get the Goodison Park crowd behind them, Arsenal could be in for a tough afternoon. Now, we didn't have a great time up at Goodison Park last time out, uh, last time we visited them in the Premier League. And that obviously adds to the nervousness. But what I would say from an Arsenal perspective is we can't really dwell on things like that. You know, this team have shown that they can come through tests. This team have shown that they've improved. Um, this team have shown that they're on a different level uh, to, you know, what we've seen in previous seasons. I can see, having mentioned that I'm not going to the game, uh, some of you are, are asking for a watch along. I'll let you guys know. Um, I'll let you guys know. I might, I'll be honest, I might sit and watch the game with my dad and brothers um, because now that I'm working a lot of them, I don't get to do that as often as I used to. And I have to say, I do miss it. Um, so that that might be something I decide to do at the weekend. But I will keep you guys posted. If I don't do a watch along, there will be a post-match reaction uh, within about an hour, hour and a half of the full-time whistle. So we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch and in contact that way. But I'll think about it now that you've put the idea in my head. I wasn't thinking about it, but now I am. But yeah, look, the new manager bounce, it's a thing. You know, we've seen it happen time and time again at football clubs up and down the country, all over the world. It is, you know, it is a thing that Arsenal have to be wary of, but it shouldn't be something that impacts the way we approach the game. Arsenal have been fantastic this season. And one of the big features has been their ability to go out and start games really fast and start games really well. So you can sit and talk about the Goodison Park atmosphere. If their team start in a positive light, you can talk about the fact that they'll be buoyed by the fact they've got a new manager who I think a lot of Everton fans feel like is somebody who can guide them and navigate them through this difficult period. The flip side to that is if Arsenal go there and start the way they've started most of their Premier League fixtures this season, get their noses in front perhaps, that can kill the Goodison Park atmosphere pretty early. And all of a sudden you've gone from enthusiasm to the moans and groans and the feeling of, oh my God, it's the same old shit again. So that's kind of what Arsenal need to do. They need to impose themselves. They need to be quick off the mark. They need to be physical because I think Everton will try and put themselves about. Uh, you know, we know that Sean Dyche's sides, Burnley sides of, of recent years have looked to do that to try and level the playing field. We know that he likes a very direct style of play, which again uh, could impact and again could 
uh, cause us a few problems. So I think there's a lot of things that Arsenal um, need to be prepared for. But ultimately, if you're prepared for those things and you play your own game, there's no reason why Arsenal shouldn't go there and win this. We'll come on to talk about the lineup in a minute. Uh, Mikel Arteta hasn't spoken to the media yet ahead of this one, but because it is a Saturday early kickoff, I wanted to get this preview show out tonight. Uh, so I am doing it without knowing what Mikel Arteta has to say. I'm sure he'll be asked about team news. I'm sure he'll be asked about Thomas Partey in particular, who, of course, was taken off up at Manchester City last Friday uh, with a problem uh, with his ribs. Now, the suggestions, the rumours that have been going around uh, seem to kind of point us in the direction of this might not be bad and it might be something that he can recover from in time. But obviously, Arsenal have gone out in the transfer window and made sure that they've plugged uh, the Thomas Partey-shaped hole that would be left if indeed he uh, is unavailable with Jorginho. Will Jorginho come straight into the starting lineup? I don't think Mikel Arteta will want to do that in an ideal world. I don't think he'll want to throw him straight in, but he may need to if Thomas Partey is unavailable. As I say, at the time of recording, Mikel Arteta is yet to speak to the media, is yet to hold his press conference. So I don't know what the update is on that. And we might not even know after Mikel Arteta's press conference. He does like to keep... Uh, certain things close to his chest. So we're going to have to wait and see on that. Um, but yeah, one of the most encouraging things when you think about this game is in the past, you've looked at the team and you've gone, oh my God, if we've got one of our key players missing, how do we recover if things aren't going our way? Who do we turn to? I always reference that Newcastle game um, whereby, you know, we were at nil-nil. We were hoping to push on and win the game, but we just didn't have options to turn to on the substitutes bench. That was a real problem for Mikel Arteta in the end. It was a real issue. But now you look at the bench that we expect to see and you're looking at the likes of Jorginho, you're looking at Leandro Trossard, you're looking at Jakub Kivior, uh, who was, um, you know, who is available to, to be on the bench at least. Um, you know, you look at that and you think, yeah, do you know what? This is better. You look at Tomiyasu in the event we have a defensive problem. Kieran Tierney will probably be on the bench as well. So the squad is improving. You know, it's improving all the time. And that was one of the key things that we needed to do during the transfer window was to bolster our options uh, from the bench and give us that little bit more depth, that little bit more cover. We didn't bring in the two marquee players that a lot of Arsenal fans wanted, but we've certainly increased the depth and we've certainly improved the squad in that way, regardless of whether you think somebody like Jorginho, um, you know, is is a longer term option. We know that Arsenal don't see him like that because they've only given him an 18 month contract. But yeah, um, I talked about the pressure of playing at Goodison Park. I've talked about the pressure of, of, of playing early and obviously add to that the fact that Manchester City will be watching on and breathing down our necks. Um, they've got a difficult trip to Spurs, but it's sod's law for us that it comes at a time where Spurs are going to be without Antonio Conte. Um, they've added a couple of good signings in the window. Dan Juma, I think, makes a difference to their squad depth. Can bring a goal, can pack a punch. Uh, you look at the fact that on top of that, they've got Pedro Porro in, uh, a right wing back. I wonder if he'll come straight into the team when you look at their right back options. He might just have to. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you want Tottenham. I hate to say this, but you want Tottenham to get a result against Manchester City, don't you, for, for our own benefit and for our own good. Um, and I guess, you know, if we do drop points, which obviously I don't want us to, we kind of have that potential of them dropping points, um, you know, against Spurs on Sunday. But imagine the pressure we put on them going to Spurs if we 
beat Everton on Saturday. And that's why every game when you're being chased down by an absolute machine like Manchester City is so important, is so significant, is so key. You have to be at the races. You have to be at your best from the off. You can't afford to let people grow in confidence against you. You can't afford to let people get their noses in front. And what Arsenal have done really well is almost, you know, killed any hope that a lot of these teams have had from the first 20 minutes of games. We've been able to kind of capitalise on the fear that they probably already have for us, having watched us this season, and and really sort of catch them cold. And once you've done that, then it feels like that mountain that you're asking them to climb is just got a lot steeper and a lot higher. So, yeah, um, important that we start fast. Um, we'll look at some of the statistics around this fixture uh, because this is uh, one of the old Premier League fixtures, isn't it? It's one that's been around for a long, long time, two clubs uh, that have been ever present in the Premier League. But of course, Everton are in danger of that run coming to an end because they do find themselves currently sitting down in 19th uh, in the Premier League, which is not good. Let's share the screen and share uh, some of the stats with you guys uh, leading into this one. Where is it? Hold on. Let me just share my screen. Here we go. Everton versus Arsenal. So uh, when you look at the history of this fixture, 60 games played uh, between these two sides in the Premier League era. Arsenal coming out well on top with 35 wins. Uh, and Everton have 11 wins. There were 14 draws along the way between these two sides. Arsenal have won at Goodison Park on 12 occasions so far. Hopefully we can make that an unlucky 13 uh, because that will really boost our title chances, won't it? But if you look at recent fixtures between the two sides, I talked about that trip to Goodison Park last season. Arsenal were beaten by two goals to one despite taking the lead at the break. And I remember... We played really poorly in that first half and then we somehow nicked the goal. Was it Odegaard who bundled it in or something like that? And, you know, I was thinking, my God, we played awfully, but here we are with a lead. And in the second half, you know, we we were completely... Is battered the right word? I think it probably was. Everton came out in the second half, um, played really, really well, and they scored two goals late on. Richarlison, uh, who no longer plays for them, uh, thankfully for us on this occasion, uh, scored a goal on the 80th. And then on the 92nd minute, Damari Gray uh, won it for Everton. So, um, yeah, we've, we've, we weren't great there last season and we're going to have to be a lot better if we're going to get out of there with all three points this time around. If you look at the recent form guide, Arsenal, of course, won four of their last five in the Premier League, wins over United, Spurs, Brighton and West Ham with that draw against Newcastle sandwiched in between. Everton, on the other hand, have lost four of their last five. They lost at West Ham last weekend in what was dubbed as a relegation six-pointer. That was ultimately uh, too much for Everton to take, and they ended up sacking Frank Lampard off the back of that. But they were also beaten by Southampton and beaten by Brighton at Goodison Park prior to that. They did manage to pick up a draw at Manchester City not too long ago. A 1-1 draw. Uh, City took the lead. We're all over Everton, couldn't find that second goal and Everton managed to somehow find that equaliser and earn themselves a point. Many felt that they turned the corner there, but then they went and lost three consecutive games. Prior to that Manchester City game, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Producing a balanced budget 
not just for football. And saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. We're beating at home to Wolves, so four defeats in their last five. It doesn't look good for Everton at the moment, who, as I mentioned earlier, currently sit 19th in the Premier League. They've won three games so far, drawn six, lost 11. Average goal score per match. This is clearly Everton's big problem. 0.75 of a goal per match, whereas Arsenal are averaging 2.37. But not only are Everton failing to score goals, they're conceding more than on average one per game. 1.4 per game. Clean sheets, they've managed four so far this season, and they're also struggling to create chances. So, you know, problems at both ends of the pitch for Everton. But what I expect Sean Dyche to do very, very quickly is ease their issues defensively. You think about the centre-backs they have available, people like Tarkovsky, uh, people like Connor Cody. They are Sean Dyche-type players, aren't they? One of them was a Sean Dyche player for many a years. I don't know if that is going to be their central defensive pairing, but you feel like if he gets them compact and he gets them in the right shape and in the right order, you could see uh, them tighten up almost instantly. And... Um, and, and Arsenal, I think at times, although I'd love us to go out and get the lead early and, and really push forward, I do feel like Arsenal are going to have to be patient. I really, really do. Um, I think they're going to have to be patient because, you know, it, it could be that we we aren't able to impose ourselves early on because Everton are bang up for it. It could be that uh, the atmosphere is on their side and it could be that they do sign up uh, or set up with a, a back four and then a five in front of it with maybe one striker. So, yeah, we've got to just trust in the quality. We've got to, um, you know, stay patient, believe in our own ability to find that breakthrough eventually if we don't start the game in the way that we'd like to. In terms of top player statistics, well, there are four Arsenal players, uh, three Arsenal players, I beg your pardon, on this list of four possible categories. Martin Odegaard leads the way in terms of Premier League goals. He's got eight on the board, Martinelli and Saka. Both have seven assists. Uh, Bukayo Saka leads the way there with seven. Gabriel Jesus on five. And in uh, joint second alongside Gabriel Jesus, who's obviously not available, is former gunner Alex Iwobi. He's had a decent time. He's been one of the few bright stars in this poor Everton side of late. When it comes to passes, Arsenal lead the way there. But when it comes to tackles, Amadou Anana, the Everton midfielder that Arsenal were linked with uh, during the transfer window, is the man to watch. He's made 46 tackles in the Premier League so far this season. So that's it in terms of the stats, in terms of the facts, uh, in terms of uh, the context of this fixture. Uh, I guess you're wondering what lineup I would go with. And the truth is, this is a really, really easy one. So do I want to bore you uh, with the graphics that I always show you? Do I want to go with that? Or do I just want to tell you I'm going to go with the same lineup, assuming that everybody's fit, assuming that everybody's available, assuming that Thomas Partey uh, makes it. I'm going to go with that team that I think most people would pick right now, which is um, Ramsdale in goal, White, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko, uh, Xhaka, Partey and Odegaard in midfield with Martinelli, Saka and, of course, Enketia through the middle. But as I mentioned earlier, we've got a lot more depth now. You know, you can bring on a Leandro Trossard, a Jorginho, a Jakub Kivior. We've got Tomiyasu. Um, you know, Reese Nelson is back in training today, which was great to see. Jesus is back on the training ground, not quite in full training, but he is back 
in and around the place, working on his rehabilitation. So, you know, it's only a matter of time before we have more options. I didn't even mention Emil Smith-Rowe there. Um, you know, he did have a setback the other week, but we don't know um, how long he's out for. Again, something that Mikel Arteta might be able to tell us uh, in his press conference if he's feeling in a generous mood. Uh, but Arsenal have options now. And, you know, if, if Trossard was to start on one of the flanks, I don't think anybody would be too upset or annoyed about that. Um, you know, because it shows, and that, and that shows, I should say, in itself, that we've brought in uh, some top quality players that can help us and help us navigate through what's going to be a difficult second half of the season. So that's my lineup. If Thomas Partey is unavailable, do you throw Jorginho straight in? That's the big question. And that's what I want to hear from you guys in the chat. I probably would. I don't think this is a guy that's coming from abroad, that doesn't have Premier League experience, that is going to struggle to adapt. You know, he's he's going to have a few days on the training pitch with the team. I think the role that we're going to ask him to play in the event that he replaces Thomas Partey is one he's probably going to be quite comfortable in, in terms of positionally and with regards to what his role requires. But in an ideal world, you don't throw a new signing in from the start, you know, in such a key and pivotal position. And in an ideal world, you don't put anybody in who isn't at the level of Thomas Partey. And as much as I think Jorginho was a smart get and a smart buy, he's not Thomas Partey's level. So, yeah, um, Jorginho could come into the side. Alternatively, maybe Mikel Arteta could. And this is me just thinking out loud. I don't think he will actually do this, but this is me thinking you know, he could throw Zinchenko in there and put Tierney at left back. He could throw, um, he could drop Xhaka that little bit deeper and play Fabio Vieira in midfield. Interesting. There's there's options for Mikel Arteta. And some people have made the case in recent history that Ben White could play in defensive midfield with Tommy Asu at right back. Some people have claimed Jakub Kivior could do that. There are options to Mikel Arteta. And I think that's why he was probably more willing than some of us to let Sambi Lakonga go out on loan. Um, I've talked about that already. We were ranking the transfer window yesterday, rating the transfer window, I should say. And one of the marks I had against Arsenal was that in terms of the lack of depth, in terms of the fact that we have a lack of depth in that area, I'm not sure that it was the best idea to let Sambi Lakonga go out. But hey, we'll see. We'll see. In terms of a prediction for this one, um, I'm going to go for an Arsenal win. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling positive. I think we're in such a good place that... You know, there's no reason not to back Arsenal. I think that, you know, we went to Manchester City last Friday and people were talking about the psychological damage a defeat there could do and that it gives them the upper hand in the tight race. I actually think because of the way the game went, because of the changes we made and the fact that we were still able to be very competitive despite them making just two changes, I think it actually works in our favour. It's more of a positive than a negative. So where people might say, well, you break the winning habit and then you have a problem, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, I think that the performance was good enough for Arsenal to still be on a high and for that really not to have uh, had an impact mentally going into this one. So my prediction, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Arsenal win. Um, I'd love to see us keep a clean sheet and I'd love to see us get our noses in front nice and early and make it a much more relaxed affair than the type that my heart can take these days. Uh, so that's where I'm at um, on the prediction. Let's hear from you guys. Let's get some of your thoughts. Let's get some of your questions from the live chat box. I'd love uh, to hear from you guys. If I could just quickly remind you to please leave a like on the video whilst I'm waiting uh, for those questions to come in. Uh, like, 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 subscribe. Uh, also, if you haven't done so already, check out 
my brand spanking new uh, personal YouTube channel, uh, which you can find via the link right at the bottom of the description. Please head over there. Uh, give it a subscribe. There's a new video dropping at around about 6, 6.30 p.m. tonight talking Chelsea. We are uh, branching out a little bit, covering a wider variety of topics, but that doesn't live here. This stays exactly as it is. Arsenal-centric, Arsenal-only, and um, happy, happy days. Uh, also, if you um, want to uh, sign up to our premium content. Uh, I gave you guys a teaser of what our premium content looks like uh, by releasing the how much is our starting 11 worth uh, piece uh, to everybody, to the wider Chronicles of Aguna audience. Uh, I've, had, I've had a lot of nice feedback about that piece and that's the type of thing we're doing over there as well as the post-match player rating. So yeah, if you want to check it out, the link to another slice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna is also in the description. Go over to the site. You create an account on the site, you log in via that account, you subscribe to the Chronicles of Aguna, and then you can either download the Another Slice app, log in and access the premium content that way, or you can take the custom RSS feed from there if you're a little bit more techie and you can plug it into whichever podcast app it is uh, that you like to use, Apple Podcasts being uh, the main one, of course. Uh, lots of questions around Thomas Partey uh, and is he going to be fit? I can see those coming through in the live chat. My gut feeling is that he will be, hopefully, fingers crossed. But as I say, at the time of recording, Mikel Arteta has not confirmed this one way or the other. Let's take this question uh, from uh, Delisu. who says, Harry, do you think it's important to be there and thereabouts with City on goal difference in case it gets down to that? It would be nice, wouldn't it? Um Let's just have a quick peek at how that lays uh, right now, um, because off the top of my head, I just can't think. Um, but yeah, it, of course, it's important. Yeah, it's, it's essentially an additional point, isn't it? I mean, we're only four goals behind them, which is not as bad as I expected it to be, given that Manchester City at times and Erling Haaland specifically are a bit of a goal machine. But you've also got to take into consideration that we've played a game less. So we could close that gap even further. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? But yeah, look, it, it might go right down to the wire. And if it does, goal difference is essentially like another point. So yeah, you want to you want to do that, don't you? You want to make sure that you're keeping pace in that sense and on that front as well. Uh, let's see what else you guys have got in the comments. Um, a Skywalker says, do you think Jorginho will be able to recruit some of his Italian teammates? There's not really any right now that I look at and I'm like, I'm desperate to have you. And that's a shame because I'm a big Italian football fan, but I can't, you know, people talked about Sandro Tonali. Would he be a good long-term option in that deep position? Maybe, um, maybe, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, I mean, it always helps, doesn't it? When players have a reference point, when players have somebody at a football club that they're potentially interested in joining, that they can kind of tap into uh, for some insight as to how things work, as to how things run, and as to what life is like there. Italian players tend to be reluctant to move away from Serie A. It's not, it's not, you know, to say that they're not good or they're not at a high level, but there's always been this thing whereby Italian footballers, you know, do tend to stay put. A few have made uh, trips overseas, as we've seen in the Premier League, but there isn't an awful lot that come over and and I think it makes it a harder sell because of that sort of cultural thing to kind of stay in Italy. Um, zero uh, Nico Pien says, is it true that if the show gets another 100 likes, we're winning the Champions League next season? Best not risk it, right? Absolutely. Of course it is. If the show gets 
uh, up to 100 likes, we're definitely winning the Champions League. What are you talking about? So please do uh, leave a like on the video and, of course, subscribe. Uh, Airy Hart kind of agrees with me on Tonali where I say like I like him, but not sure. Uh, he says he's class, but the PL is a different animal. It really, really is indeed. Uh, a couple of questions about following Balogun I just want to quickly touch on. Um, brilliant, isn't he? He's, he's been fantastic. Ligan's top scorer with 14 goals on the board. Scored a hat-trick last night. Um, he's really come into his own, hasn't he? He's really, really, really uh, developed and pushed on and, and taken the opportunity handed to him with both hands. And that's great to see. Because Arsenal now are in a win-win position when it comes to following, uh, following Balogun. And this is something that Arsenal in recent years have been really bad at, you know, making sure that they send players to the right places on loan, making sure that we protect the value of our players. And I guess to a degree, this is probably kind of what we're trying to do with Sambi Lakonga, whereby you can then keep tabs on them and then make that decision further down the line. So when it comes to Balogun, summer arrives, you look at him, you assess his performances, you assess his development, you bring him back to the club in pre-season, you have a good look at him up close and you decide, A, whether you want to uh, embed him into the group, bring him into the squad, make him a part of the squad and you know rely on him yourself or you have the option of putting him out into the marketplace having just had a great season uh, in France and that obviously increases his value and that means that Arsenal stand to gain either way off the back of him having a very successful loan spell. So, you know, the club are in a great position here. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he continues to develop and what uh, they decide to do uh, in the long run with regards to him. Uh, Robert in the chat, I hope you're good, mate, says uh, Balogun speaks well. He's matured and taken on board what Mikel said to him. It certainly feels uh, that way, doesn't it? Uh, BX Gunner says he's had a successful loan. He's going to come back, play for us and help us retain the title. Love that. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, I am going to leave it there. Um, thank you so, so much for joining me and for tuning in. Don't forget to leave a like, subscribe. You know the drill by now. Check out the new channel as well via the link in the description and the Another Slice platform if you haven't done so already. You're going to be back uh, tomorrow with some more Arsenal related content. We'll find something to talk about now the transfer window's closed. And then, of course, we'll be back on Saturday with some Everton reaction uh, and we'll be bringing you guys a show on Sunday as well. So lots of content coming your way. Make sure your notifications are turned on and I will see you all very, very soon. Until next time, up the Arsenal. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.